listening to tjslideways.com podcast. Here is your host, TJ Buffenbarger. Hello world. Welcome to another edition of the tjslideways.com podcast. After some COVID related, I'm busy at work time off, I'm back for another podcast. Uh, it was appropriate, I think, with uh, Kyle Larson accomplishing his extraordinary uh, uh, feat of winning a national touring dirt late model event with the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series to bring in somebody that had experience with both kinds of cars. And I didn't just want to bring in anyone. I wanted to think outside the box a little bit. So I reached out to uh, one of my friends from Ontario, Adam West. You may know Adam from running Knoxville Raceway in 2003 as part of the KID program. He's also the 2005 Southern Ontario Sprint Car Champion. But a lot of people don't know is he's done some time in late model racing in the mid to late 2000s. And Adam actually married into the late model side of the sport. Now, for full disclosure, he is related to Kyle Larson's late model car owner, Kevin Rumley, by marriage. Adam's uh, sister and Kevin's, or Adam's wife and Karen, Kevin's wife are sisters. So uh, Kevin's wife, Andrea, uh, he's related through marriage. But that's not what we wanted to talk about. I wanted to have Adam on because he has such a level-headed, great take on the racing world in general. And I knew he'd be able to explain very well what the difference is between driving both cars and some of the adaptations and something you can take from both sides of the sport. And I'll be honest, I miss visiting with my friends from Ontario. I was telling, I posted on social media the other day, and I was telling one of my other friends from Ontario how much I miss seeing them the other day. So it's a good excuse to get Adam on the line and visit for a little bit and talk about something incredible that happened in the racing world this past week. So before we get talking, though, about uh, Kyle Larson's incredible performance with Adam, don't forget to support our loyal sponsors, All-Star Performance, Engine Pro, and Maxim Chassis. Without further ado, Adam West and I break down Kyle Larson's performance, and Adam explains what it's like as a sprint car driver to go late model racing. With the events of the past week, I wanted to bring in an expert of sorts, and it's going to be a little outside the box because uh, I want someone I was going to enjoy talking to about this topic. And I wanted someone that I think would be able to articulate how incredible it was what Kyle Larson did this past weekend with the uh, Lucas Oil Late Mile Series. So joining me on the line is 2003 KID participant, 2005 SOS champion, and former late model driver, Adam West. A lot of people, Adam, might not realize that you did some time in late model racing. Yeah, it was um, not very well known, uh, I guess. We were... uh it, back in the uh, the late 2000s up till uh, around 2010 11 um you know i was certainly primarily known as a, a sprint car driver but did some moonlighting in uh, in a dirt late model and uh, ran in a, a regional touring series here based out of ontario um traveled over uh, over uruguay to um ran hartford one night um went to new york and uh, eastern ontario down to the quebec border and stuff like that and uh, ran uh, about 20, 25 races total in the late model over three seasons. So, you know, so you have the experience driving both cars. And, and Greg, you've done it on the regional level, but you did make a World of Outlaw late model start doing some research on this. As a driver who has driven a sprint car and driven a late model, even on just the regional level, and has had a taste of what it's like to race against those national guys, in your mind, how incredible is what, Kyle Larson did last weekend. 
to first off my uh my outlaw late model um race was um was also my late model debut <laughs> uh, we, we had planned to run the, some other races earlier in the season had got rained out uh, so I think it was like um, an early June, uh, maybe not mid-June date uh, at Oshwegan, um when uh, when they used to come up here, which was an awesome show, by the way. But anyway, that was my first first time ever in the late model. We had uh, one very brief practice session before that, and my debut did not go as well as uh, as what Kyle did uh, against uh, the Lucas guys. But uh, I mean, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I embarrassed myself, and I certainly got uh, got a little faster through the night. Um, but uh, it was super intimidating to be on the track with um, uh, Josh Richards, uh, Steve Francis uh, was, um, you know, the the hot shoe of the time and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, myself and uh, a bunch of the other, you know, local guys, uh, you know, from South Buxton area and stuff that went and, and uh, gave it a shot. But, um, you know, even the, the, the late model regulars um, were certainly put into place by the World of Outlaw guys and uh, to have a sprint car guy come in and try and run it i was uh, absolutely a fish out of water so translating that into what larson did as a driver how what what is your impression of what he did over the weekend from the drive from a fellow driver to driver viewpoint yeah it's uh, it's absolutely incredible i mean kyle has uh, one heck of a resume and and it's everything that's on that resume that's that's helped him get to, to this point to be able to jump in whatever race car, you know, anytime, anywhere. But, uh, but to go to something completely brand new, um, it's, uh, it, it's just unbelievable. And a, a late model, you know, really does drive a different, certainly different than the wing sprint car that Kyle has been, been driving all year. Um, you know, maybe uh, the, the Silver Crown car, the Hoosier 100 last week, was maybe the, the closest thing where you've got uh, – you know, you're managing tires over the longer races and, and stuff like that that might be a little bit um, to compare. But, you know, the, the suspension travel uh, of the late model compared to a sprint car, you know, when, the, you know, when you're, you're up on the bars and, the, you know, the, the left rear is up a foot in the air and the, the left front's kind of dancing off the ground and, and stuff like that. And, you know, all the steering wheel input that you've got to put in and, and how little throttle input there is. Uh, of course, Port Royal is certainly a fast track, so I'm sure he was uh, sure he was on the gas pretty hard. But you know, you're still driving, you know, pretty gently on the throttle. Where the the wing car that Kyle's been running most of the year, it, it's just obviously you, you watch him run it, stand on the gas, and uh, and hope for the best. But uh, you know, the, the, the it's just a, a whole different mindset, a whole different skill set of uh, you know your hand eye coordination to to make the late model go. For you, coming from the wing sprint car world, what was the biggest thing you had to get used to uh, in that car when you went from sprint car to late model? The, uh, probably the most noticeable difference right off was like, and, and we were rolling pretty good in the in the wing car at the time and stuff too. The um, you know the sprint car was all about how much throttle you could give it and how little steering input. Um, you know, if, if you're sawing on the wheel, you're you're slowing yourself down. Uh, the late model was was all about steering. Uh, I certainly ended up in a hand over hand situation a few times, you know, trying to, uh, to to keep the car under me. And then how little throttle you use, like uh, some of our local tracks over here that tend to slick off, like um, Humberstone and, and stuff like that. You know, in a thirty lap feature, um, you you could run the whole feature and never be completely wide open on the throttle. Maybe not be on three quarter throttle. 
you're, you're just so gentle, so gentle trying to, to keep the tires under you, you know, managing the tires and, and stuff like that. And that was, you know, that was it. And then again, the suspension travel, the first time you go into the corner, uh, stand on the gas and the, the left side of the car lifts the foot off the ground. You're wondering, is it going to stop or is it going to keep going all the way over? And, uh, you know, you're going to end up in a barrel roll situation. Um, you know, the, those were, you know, certainly the biggest things right off. I know one thing I notice is, especially on when you get to the local regional level, if you don't hit the setup right, it looks like that race car, the dirt late model, if it's pushing, looks like the most evil race car to drive on the planet. Can you verify that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you'll hear guys trying anything they can to, you know, to make it turn. You know, usually you hear them like blipping the throttle and stuff like that. Instead of being real smooth, you're trying to, to you know, clamp down on the brakes as hard as you can and, and burp the throttle and, and try to make it, force it, wrestle it, whatever you can do to, to get it to, to turn. And, uh, you know, and that's a, another thing on the, the setup side. There is, there is so much that you can do um, to the dirt late model. There's so many adjustments that you can make. Um, it's, uh, it's just mind boggling when you look underneath the car and you see the stuff. And I, you know, I come from a, a bit of an engineering background and, and stuff, but just, uh, you know, the, the springs, the shocks, the, all the bars, all the different, um, pickup points, all the adjustments that you can make. It's like, it's, you know, you come in, you need a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but there, there's a, a million and one different combinations that you can come up with and, and trying to hit that setup is uh and, and how to communicate that to a crew chief and stuff is just uh is something else as well how long do you think it took you to get comfortable um i would say comfortable within a handful of race nights um not uh not proficient but it, at least comfortable that um you know you could uh be aggressive on on starts and restarts and and not feel like you're uh I guess, a weapon out there. Um, I, I certainly wasn't, uh, we didn't uh, kept the car clean most of the time and stuff, but I, I was very conscious of, of trying to, to be in control and, uh, you know, not not door slam guys and, and stuff like that, you know, tried to, to, to treat it like a sprint car where if, uh, if you're making contact and bad things are going to happen, you know, and, and it was a, a handful of nights before I felt real comfortable racing close with, with the other guys and, and girls, um, you know, to get in situations where you might put the car three wide when the track widened out and, and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, even after, you know, a, a few years of it, uh, it was still felt like we were learning something every time it was in the car. Were you able to have any takeaways? We've heard Donnie Schatz talk about this, who's also made this transition one on the local level in the late model. Um, was there anything you were able to take away from that experience and take back to your sprint car that you learned that maybe you helped you do that, uh, drive the sprint car better? Yeah, it, it's hard to pinpoint exact things. Um, seat time, any seat time is is so beneficial. Uh, you know, you know, in, in the north, you know, where you know where we are, where you guys are, the season is, is pretty short. So any time that uh, you can add some extra races to your schedule um, is, is great. Just being in the car, being around uh, the racetracks. Um, one thing with the late models, we we typically ran um, later in the in the the running order you know often the last feature of the night and stuff like that the track slicked off and and you know throttle control was a lot of it and uh, i think um, some of that had helped me with the sprint car um a, a fair bit um you know we were uh, 
some of the tracks that we were running at in the late model, we were going back to in the sprint car and, and running up front, um, uh, won a, a few races and stuff. And uh, so, you know, it was hard to pinpoint one exact thing that helped, but I, I think just that extra track time and seeing different conditions and scenarios and stuff, it, uh, it all kind of rolls together. In your opinion, what of Kyle's traits do you think uh, helped him the most uh, succeed in this late model situation? I mean, I've tried to put my finger on it. What, what trait do you think he has other than his natural gift to just be able to drive anything? But is there anything specific you can pinpoint just watching him that maybe he does better maybe than everyone else is doing? Well, yeah, the, certainly that uh, that superhuman ability that uh, that nobody can <laughs> can even begin to, to fathom that uh, that he has to, to get around the track. But um, I, you know, uh, I guess his confidence in the car um, in any car that he drives in it, you know, it it doesn't necessarily seem that it's an overconfidence. He just he has uh, he has that confidence. Um, and, and you know, of course, this summer he's been rolling so well. Everything's been been going right for him. Um, you know, you get uh, well, Doug Wolfgang had mentioned it in, in his book. When when things are going right, it feels like that everything is is kind of happening in slow motion. And I think I, I certainly see Kyle, you know, having that feel. Um, and I think even getting into the late model, it, it's different. But I. I think it's just um, he just has that confidence that uh, I don't know. Hard to explain. I think he just that confidence right now is, is just helping helping a bunch. I'm gonna put the real hard question to you about Kyle right now with your own two eyes. People that you've actually witnessed, like in person with your own eyes, uh, where does he rank? I was gonna make it easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, got to be right up there at the, at the absolute top. I mean, I've been been fortunate to to see some of the some some of the greats. Um, you know, uh, certainly Tony Stewart um, is one of the the most diversified drivers of you know recent generations and stuff like that. And you know, Tony certainly ran well in the late models and, and stuff too. Um, but you know, to come into a national series and, and just hop in the car and, and go out there and win is just absolutely unbelievable and, and even in the car call now full disclosure we haven't done this yet but we should disclose that by marriage you're kind of in contact with the rumleys a little bit your your sister-in-law is his wife if i remember right did i get that right that is correct okay That's, so uh, so full disclosure yeah. but we're we're not circling around that but we just want to make sure that for fair all fairness when we publish this that is full disclosure but uh but that you do have a connection there, but it's just, I mean, I don't know. I, I look at it too. And I just, I'm flabbergasted. I've been watching this my whole life and I, I see this kid doing things I've never seen anyone else doing. So it's kind of interesting to hear uh, someone that's actually sat in the seat, uh, you know, in, in he talk so highly of him and see what they're impressed with, with him. Yeah. And, um, <sighs> Again, yes, we are family connection, and uh, I'm fortunate that I do get to, to sit across the uh, the table from Kevin Rumley at uh, at Christmas dinner. So those are we always have uh, some some good conversations and stuff. Um, but uh, I, I know just from uh, from their experiences from the weekend, they were super impressed with Kyle um, as a person uh, and stuff, and just his willingness to to want to be part of the team. To, to want to learn um, and and be involved and, and stuff and uh, you know and that certainly helps 
you know, build that uh, chance for success and stuff too. Kyle wants to be, you know, he dives in head first and, and he wants to, he wants to do it. He wants to, to be part of it. And, uh, you know, he, he just wants it so bad that uh, it, it's hard to suck at it, I guess, when you just want it that bad all the time. It's <laughs> a great analysis from Adam West. And uh, uh, let's shift topics here a little bit. How have you guys been doing, you know, obviously the racing, you know, has been wiped out really hard here in the United States, but really in Ontario, it's been with the COVID situation. You guys have taken a really big hit. Um, how have you guys been doing? How's the racing community doing there in Ontario? Yeah, the it's um, it's almost non-existent. Um, the, uh, the government mandate, uh, I believe, right now is still set at um, no more than 100 spectators um, in the stands. Um, uh, our local tracks, South Buxton, now Southern Ontario Motor Speedway, have uh, you know they were trying. They ran a couple practice sessions. Uh, they've uh, they reconfigured the track, um, put a lot of money and a lot of work into it, and they've said that uh, they're not going to have any races this year. Um, certainly at uh, at Oshwegan on the, uh, the the native reservation down there, they're they're not allowing any outsiders in, so their season has been wiped out. Uh, Merrittville, Humberstone, Brighton, uh, I know they've run some races. Um, and, and good for them, but uh, to my knowledge, I think there's only been one um, winged 360 race in the province. Um, we didn't go. Um, that was a, our choice. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's racing is, is pretty much non-existent um, around here this year, and uh, you know, going to break. Uh, this would have been my 20th consecutive year in the in the sprint car, and you know, I. I every year of my life to, to go to a racetrack and it's uh, it's not looking good that we're going to continue that streak this year which one are you sadder about now i want you to be honest about this not getting a chance to drive the sprint car once this year or not being able to go to the four crown uh that's a tough one because we haven't missed the four crown I, I, I think we've only missed one in uh in 15 years now and uh it, it's always a good wrap up to to our racing season you know because we're kind of done around the canadian nationals time in mid-september so there's there's always a lot of Canadians that go down, and it's just a good fun weekend. And you know we've uh, we've been doing the, uh, the the running race in in Salina the last uh, handful of years and stuff too. And uh, it's uh, we're, there's there's a, my my wife and my kids are are sad about not going to Eldora, but uh, I do miss, miss turning some laps in the sprint car. That's for sure. There might be some runners if they're actually holding those races that might not necessarily be disappointed that you and Mike Farrell and some others aren't showing up though, because you're kind of you kind of yeah, beat up. Well, on and actually, we just we just got the notice uh, just last uh, last week that um, the, uh, the I'm not sure if it's a state mandate or county mandate, but the uh, the running race has also been uh, put off until next year as well. So I've uh, deferred my registration and uh, we'll we'll tackle the marathon down there uh, next september again i guess i'm gonna take some more hardware hopefully back to ontario so mm-hmm. well, well adam i really appreciate the time to help me break this down and uh, uh the fact that we haven't seen each other in person all year this was just a good chance to visit in all honesty i just needed a good excuse to call you really so this was a pretty good one and uh, i appreciate the insight Yep, Bill, uh, certainly thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, I'm sure probably Four Crown last year was uh, the last time we got to visit, so uh, yeah, it's been uh, nearly a year. I'll tell you what, if you go on your morning runs around the racetrack again, you can lap me while I'm walking. That's what we'll do next year. <laughs> That's, uh, that sounds good. All right, thanks, Adam, I appreciate it. All right, thanks, TJ. I'd like to thank Adam West for being on this edition of the TJSideways.com podcast. 
If you enjoy our work, you can subscribe via iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on Podbean. But most of all, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to our podcast. And have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the TJ Slideways podcast.